looking for little more adventure, but he's heading for little bit of trouble. He's heading for little bit of danger. Time to be turning around. My, my. That's why I'm a router for me computer. Everybody needs a friend. You are wise beyond your years, Pocahontas. I'm very proud of you, child. Don't tell him, Carlos. Don't be chicken. W-D-W Radio. Your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 171 for the week of May 23rd, 2010. I'll open up the inbox this week and answer many more of your listener emails about everything from honeymoon planning to participating in Magic Kingdom parades, ticket discounts, resort choices, going solo to Walt Disney World, what to do while you're waiting for your flight home, the old Penny Arcade on Main Street, USA, adding pavilions to World Showcase, and so much more. I'll have a few announcements and then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Thank you all for sending in your questions to the show via email. I've received everything from trivia questions to the history of Walt Disney World, vacation planning, lots and lots of dining, and so, so much more. Really glad to see that you guys are interacting and really being a part of the show. I'm only sorry that it's taken so long to get through all the emails that I have in my inbox. But please remember that if you still want your question answered on the show, Email me directly at lou at wdwradio.com. I promise you, I will answer every email that I get personally or on the show. So let's get right to it this week. We have a lot to get to. And I thought this week what I would do was invite distinguished Disney experts from all over the world to help me answer questions this week. Unfortunately, none of them showed up. So instead, <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to, to the gal who's behind MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, Becky Mankin, and she can maybe help us along the way. You know, <laughs> how long does it take you to come up with those wonderful intros, Lou? I just got to ask. Come on, it's a cute Muppet Vision reference. You're lucky I didn't try and do my Kermit impression. <laughs> hey, but there is a, a tip for all those email people out there who wants to want to send in questions. They just have to mention food, and you'll be right on that one. Everybody mentions food. Yeah, <laughs> food is no longer the. Uh, it's no longer the guarantee that it's going to be. But I do. I, I, I mean it when I say every question gets answered, whether it's personally on the show, just a little behind, a lot behind. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to get to every one of them. So Excellent. All right. Let's get right into it. Well, and if it's a food question, people are just going to think the whole thing is rigged. Anyway, hey, Lou, it's Gavin, the morning radio host in Sacramento. That's my morning radio voice. I hope you're doing well. And I'm writing to you because I successfully just sold my fiance. No, I successfully sold my fiancé on a Disney World vacation instead of going to Greece. Oh, Gavin, that is... Now I see why you're the morning drive guy in Sacramento. 
I proposed to her at Disneyland, and we called you. I remember this. He recalled right the voicemail right after it happened. Of course, I absolutely remember. I just called, made my temporary vacation reservation, but I'm having a hard time deciding which resort to pick. So he says, what are your two favorite resorts in the moderate and the deluxe range? So we got two in each. And is it worth it to upgrade from moderate to deluxe? Or will we spend so little time there that it's really not worth it? Thanks for answering my questions. For some reason, he says, I'd be curious as to what Becky thinks too. (laughs) I couldn't be more excited (laughs) since it's the first time I've gone back in 12 years. Important. And the first time since my grandfather passed away. He lived in Orlando and those parks are littered with memories I have of him. I'm looking forward to seeing landmarks while we're there. That'll help bring him some of that back to the surface. Love, love, love the show, Lou. You're pretty inspiring, even for somebody who works in radio like me. Take care. Hopefully you'll see when he's there. Hope Gavin, I hope so as well. Sorry we miss each other in San Francisco. I promise you I will be back and we'll we'll do the pilgrimage to the Presidio and check out the Walt Disney Family Museum, maybe a little Napa Valley. And if you guys are out in Sacramento, might as well let's give a plug out to Gavin. He's the host of the Wake Up Call weekday mornings, 5.30 to 10 a.m. on KDND 107.9, The End. Wow, that wasn't bad. <laughs> right? I'm, listen, this is my demo reel. Anyway, so we got two questions. What are our, well, Actually, it's two and a half questions. What are our two favorite resorts in the moderate and deluxe range? And then is it worth it to upgrade from moderate to deluxe, remembering that they're on their honeymoon? So ladies first, two favorite resorts in moderate, and then we'll talk about deluxe. Okay, got it. And just to clarify, did he say that this is actually their honeymoon? Because that might change my answer a little bit. Uh, let's see. Disney uh, vacation started going to Greece, but all right, let's just. All right, he says he said it. I just saw my fiance on a Disney World vacation, so it's I, it, we'll pretend it's like a pseudo honeymoon. Got it. Well, any vacation is a special occasion, right? Right. Okay, so moderate resorts, and I do have a favorite. Um, I, I am very partial to the Port Orleans resorts. And, and I think I like um, Riverside. I kind of edged Riverside a little bit better because I do like having the sit-down restaurant that's kind of close. And the atmosphere at night is very cool. Um, I, Of course, it's hard to resist the beignets. Yeah, I had to go there over at French Quarter. But I really, really do like that resort area. It's small and intimate and um, just one of my favorites. I um, Surprisingly, Becky, I agree with you. Surprisingly, all the same target reasons. on my head or something. <laughs> uh, my two favorite resorts in the moderate range are both Port Orleans, French Quarter, and Riverside. And for years, I was a huge French Quarter advocate, and I still am. I think it's incredibly well themed. I love the fact that it's very, very small, very, very intimate. Uh, right. The one thing, like you said, it does lack is a sit down restaurant. If you're the type of person that likes to eat at a resort, maybe grab a nice sit down breakfast. But Riverside, uh, and, and I love the Magnolia area. I love the, the mm-hmm. stately mansions, but there's something very cool about the rustic sort of alligator bayou um, lodges. I love the fact that there's um, boat rights right there. I also love the fact that there's Yeehaw Bob and the River Roost at night. Um, I, so far and away, Port Orleans is starting to break away from the pack for me from yeah. French Quarter and then Coronado and Caribbean Beach. Right, and I also like to have the access to the um, 
uh, to the water taxi too. That's very convenient. Yeah, and, and also if you're interested, great pool area, very well themed pool area. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, moderate oh. moderate resorts. We certainly agree. Port Orleans, Riverside, for the deluxe. I have a feeling I've I've made a convert out of you. <laughs> you have. This is really strange, but of course, I have a lot of different favorites for different reasons. And for me personally, and I think that is the thing that that I want to really emphasize here is that um, while one thing might be my favorite because it fits the way that I do the parks or explore Walt Disney World. Um, Beach Club is becoming my favorite, and I am a big uh, boardwalk person. I really love being in that area because of the Epcot location and so forth, but Beach Club has just kind of reached in and, and grabbed my heart, and I keep gravitating back to it. So for the Epcot proximity, um, for the theming over there, the pool you can't beat, which of course you also get access uh, from Yacht Club as well. Beach Club kind of edges out Yacht Club for me just because of the easier walk, I guess, over to over to Epcot. But they do share a lot of the same facilities. So for my first one, I'm going to go with Beach Club. Uh, again, I agree. For all those reasons, you you know, between the access to the boardwalk, all those restaurants, the ambiance at night, Yachtsman Steakhouse, Beaches and Cream, Stormalong Bay, um, I could go on and on and on. There's also Quiet Pool there if you got if this is your honeymoon. Um, just so many good things about it. My second favorite, I think, is also one of yours, Wilderness Lodge, and we've talked about this on prior email segments. Mm-hmm. How. The theming there is so wonderful, and it very much is a getaway and an escape, much like Old Key West sort of has that I've been transported to somewhere else type of a feel to it. Um, So Wilderness Lodge, a close second for different reasons, one of my two favorites in the deluxe range. Right, and I would say that, well, for me, Wilderness Lodge, for where I live, being in the Seattle area, a lot of that is represented here where I live. So when I go to Florida, I'm trying not to go to Seattle. So I think my second favorite, even though I love Wilderness Lodge, my second favorite is probably Animal Kingdom Lodge. And for a lot of the same reasons um, that you would pick Wilderness Lodge, not so much for the for the location, of course, because that is the one that is pretty much off in the distance, but it is so unique and very special, especially when you get that wonderful Savannah view. I mean, I remember the first time I stayed there, I had a Savannah view. In the morning, I opened my eyes and I looked out and there was a giraffe. You know, (laughs) where else except for Africa can you have that wonderful experience? So I, I think that that's one of my favorites as well. Now, I will tell you that I am a recent Animal Kingdom Lodge, specifically Kidani Village convert, um, because I, I liked Animal Kingdom Lodge. I thought it was very nice. I thought it was somewhat far removed. It still is, obviously, from especially places like the Magic Kingdom. And I, my original thinking was, well, if you're not going to spend a lot of time in your room, do you really need to spend the extra money maybe for a Savannah View? Right. I recently stayed at Kidani Village with a Savannah View, and my opinion was changed because there was something, Becky, about waking up in the morning and throwing open the drapes and looking out and seeing animals there. And I was in, obviously, a Kadani village, which is a villa, had a cup of coffee, had something to drink, and sat there out on the balcony and just watched them for a little while. And it was very, very relaxing. One afternoon, I came back early as well, did the same thing again. And there is something about that view that is very appealing. Uh, Sanaa being there, mm-hmm. huge help to Kadani village, because I think Sanaa is, uh, is excellent. The only thing about Kadani that I would say is, if you are in one of the rooms at the end 
of the sort of W shape. At, you got quite a hike back to right. um, back to the main lobby. Although there's really not a lot of reason to go there. I mean, you can either get in a car or, or get uh, on the buses. But I, I agree. That very long-winded answer, Gavin, is I like Kidani. <laughs> so I think we would say for moderates, Port Orleans, for deluxe, Beach Club. But is it worth it to upgrade from the moderate to deluxe? Or will they spend so little time there that it's really not worth it? I think, Becky, we, we'd probably be in agreement saying it depends on how you plan on vacationing there. Are you mm-hmm. going to be commando in the parks all day every day maybe it's not worth it as much are you going to spend more time back at your resort there is something about staying at one of the deluxes and the beach club and the amenities are nicer and the rooms are a little bigger and have uh, some nicer appointments to it as well Right. And just the time, I mean, going back to time is money in a way. The location where you are is going to save you time trying to get back and forth to the parks. Some of these uh, amenities that are at these the deluxe resorts that we just mentioned, like getting up in the morning, spending a good hour with a cup of coffee, watching the animals on the savannah, or um, you know, spending time really enjoying the pool that you would have access to at Beach Club or Yacht Club. If that's how you're going to spend your vacation, then definitely upgrading would be worth it. If you're just planning on getting up, taking a shower, getting dressed, and going park hopping from 8 a.m. till close, then it may not be worth the extra money. Absolutely. Great question, Gavin. Congratulations on your engagement. Hope to see you in the parks. And listen, if you're looking for an afternoon drive time guy, you know, (laughs) this is Lou Mangello, 107.9 KDND, the end. Like you need another job. I do. (laughs) In Sacramento, no less. (laughs) Anyway. Eddie Boucher has the next email, and he says, Lou, nice to have met you at the parade last Thursday. I remember meeting you, Eddie. You're from Indiana. You had a great stay, you say, over at Bay Lake Tower. How could you not? Park visits to Magic Kingdom and Epcot. One surprise, actually knew the family that acted as the Grand Marshal in the parade. But his question is, how do, you pe- how do people get selected for that? Good job on the updates and news. We appreciate them. Take care, Eddie. So, uh, Becky, what what sort of advice? Look, there is no formula. There is no secret. There is no place to be at a certain time in order to get picked. I would would say carry a lot of lucky rabbit's feet. (laughs) Um, It really, there's nothing that we can say that just says, yes, you do this and you're going to get selected because it is very random. I do know people who have had strategies like getting to the park early, getting noticed somehow, like the entire family wearing the same color shirt, um, just being yourself and being happy and, you know, dancing around the middle of Main Street at park opening. Who knows if that works or not? I don't have any, you know, solid strategies, but some lucky dog's going to win. <laughs> well, I, I think some of those things you actually should follow. I think you should get there early. Uh, you should load up on the caffeine eddie get the family loaded up on sugar and caffeine so you're happy and you're fun and you're excited and everybody's smiling because they're going to look for that they're going to look for that family that is going to represent well in the parade Uh, i hear wdw radio t-shirts are huge went attractive (laughs) to disney certainly the i love universal not so much not so much probably not a good idea you know talk to cast members too not saying hey i want to be grand marshals but to kind of get yourself maybe noticed if you wouldn't be and try and get up in the front. Uh, those are some of the things they're going to look for. I think, again, if you're happy, if you're fun, if you're excited, 
those are some of the things that they're going to try and uh, pick out. But there is no rhyme or reason because you'll find couples that are selected. Sometimes it's families. It, it really runs the entire gamut. Right. So. Good luck. Yes, definitely. And next question comes from John, who starts off by saying, Mangello. <laughs> hey, Lou, I have a question for you. I'm planning a trip to Walt Disney World soon. Actually, it's a conference that I'm supposed to be going to, but I'm probably just going to skip it to go to the parks with my wife. Appreciate the honesty, John. <laughs> Hopefully your employer is not listening. Anyway. His, his name is Ed. <laughs> right. Ed. <laughs> your name is John Cocktostenson, Manfrenchenson, Fletch. <laughs> I've never stayed on Disney property before, and I've always wanted to stay in one of the deluxe resorts next to the Magic Kingdom. My dream has always been to stay in one of the rooms with a fantastic view of the Magic Kingdom. My question is that in terms of the best views, which resort would you choose? I'm torn between the Grand Floridian or the Contemporary. I'm leaning more towards the Contemporary because it seems the closest to the park and probably can offer the best views. I have this picture in my head of seeing wishes from my hotel room every night before I go to sleep. What do you think, John? You can't beat a high floor at the contemporary. That I mean, if you're leaning towards the contemporary, just fall on over that direction, John, because you just be sure when you book the contemporary that you're booking a tower room with Magic Kingdom room guaranteed. Um, a lot of people will think, oh, if I just book a tower room, I'm going to get it. But obviously, they have rooms on the other side that don't overlook the Magic Kingdom. So be sure that you're booking the right category. And then follow up with a request for a high floor. They won't guarantee the request, but be sure it's noted in the record. Just be on the safe side. But, you know, um, the Grand Floridian does offer some wonderful Magic Kingdom views. But if you're really looking for that wonderful grand look over the entire park, a high floor at the Contemporary is going to be your best bet. John, let me just throw this out there for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Bay Lake Tower Grand Villa. I'm just saying, if it's in the cards and in the but look, as long as your employer's sending you over, say, look, that that's all they had available. Uh, Becky, I agree with you. Certainly, the the contemporary and Bay Lake Towers, pardon the pun, tower over the Grand Floridian. The only thing the Grand Floridian might give you is obviously a different point of view because you are straight on in front of the castle, so you'll get a, a very much different view of the castle and the fireworks across the the. Uh, the lagoon than you would from the contemporary, which is obviously a little bit farther away, um, you know, off to the side. But I, I agree, high room at either one of those two buildings, you can't go wrong. Yep. Send pictures, John. We want pictures. So, Bobby Burchins sends the next email and says, Lou, my girlfriend and I are going to Walt Disney World in early March. We're both college students on a budget. Bobby, forget Grand Villa Bay Lake Tower. <laughs> We're only going for two days, and we want to experience as much as we can. Do you have any suggestions on what types of tickets to purchase, and are there any websites or methods to get discounts for these tickets? We're hoping to get a Park Hopper edition to see all the parks as well. Love the show. Thanks, Bobby. So this is a multiple-part question, Becky. Uh, type of ticket to get, and then ways to maybe get discounts on them. Uh, Two-day Park Hopper Pass. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> That's going to be your, your best bet to experience as much as you possibly can in the two days that you're there. Very simple. The only thing I would say, Bobby, because you mentioned about websites or ways to get discounts on tickets. And the only thing I would throw out to you is caveat emptor. 
Because if you're going to go uh, out and go online and maybe start searching some of the discount Disney World Florida ticket vendors that are out there, uh, you need to be very, very careful. Because some of them are good and some of them are reputable and registered with the Better Business Bureau. Others that, not so much, sometimes sell partially used tickets. You're not sure what you're getting. The discount really isn't all that great. And oh, by the way, you might get taken in a van for a timeshare thing for six hours. <laughs> you laugh, but it's true. And no, I'm you're not right. saying you're all right. of them are like that. But uh, And again, sometimes the discount that you get is not so much so that you should have that little bit of fear that your two days are going to be ruined because your tickets didn't arrive or there's not the right tickets or for some reason Disney won't accept them. So I think... Becky, simple answer is exactly right. Two-day park hopper from Disney at the gate. You're done. Yeah, I, I agree. Or at least uh, purchase them online beforehand because you might get a, a slight discount. There you go. Even better. Next question says, hey, Lou, I'm 24 and considering to going to Walt Disney World all by myself. I know he did a show about that, but really didn't answer my main question, which is how long would it take before standing in line by yourself over and over and over again? Would you just get sick of it? I know it heavily depends on the person, but I'd like to get your insight on it. I know you're always down there by yourself, but you really don't do the attractions that often. In short, pardon the pun, I'm afraid the line situation, don't laugh, will be the deciding (laughs) factor. Walt Disney World is my favorite place to go, but by yourself, I'm thinking a lot of things change. Thanks for the eventual reply, buddy. And that comes from Andy. All right, Andy, a couple of things. Uh, I do go to Walt Disney World by myself and I have for years very very often and although in time uh, my going down to ride rides and see things has changed somewhat because sometimes when I'm doing research I'm just wandering the parks but I often am going on attractions alone and first of all sometimes you're not going alone because invariably you are going to meet and start talking to people in line if that's your personality or if you're receptive to people wanting to talk to you no place in the world is as friendly as Walt Disney World. I see things and I see people make friends in lines and in restaurants and everywhere else by virtue of being in the same happy place together. That being said, there are also sometimes benefits to going alone. Mm-hmm. Single rider line, my friend. Yep. Single Places like Test Track, you can literally walk on the attraction sometimes because they have that single rider line. Same thing with, with uh, attractions like Expedition Everest. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think you and I are both veterans of having to go it alone every once in a while uh, on the attractions. And, and personally, I also look for attractions that are continuously running, like Spaceship Earth or the TTA, where the the line is is pretty much always moving or you know available to you. Um, things that don't keep me standing still for very long. So I'm I'm much the same way, just kind of standing there. But <laughs> lately, much like a teenager when I'm standing alone in line, I'm always checking my Facebook and Twitter and texting with friends and so forth. So um, I probably should look up a little bit more and talk to the people in line and be a little bit more sociable. But I also believe that going alone sometimes allows me to slow down the pace. And I get to watch people and notice details a little bit more. And you you know, spend some time doing things that I usually don't take the time for when I'm with a group of folks. I, I could not agree more. Um, I, I and I'm not saying to my friends and people that I meet that I want to be alone, but there are some times that I really enjoy being in the parks by myself because you don't have to worry about. Well, I feel bad. This guy wants to do this, and she wants to go here, and he wants to eat now. And right. you can kind of just take things 
as you want and really make it your own sort of adventure. And that's how I look at it. And if you want to make friends, Andy, you will certainly, certainly make friends. uh, Believe me. Absolutely. And another thing, too, that I like to do when, I have, when I'm going on an extended uh, trip by myself is take advantage of some of the organized tours that are available through Disney. Because sometimes that's a great opportunity to go do the, the you know, um, Keys to the Kingdom or some other tours that you experience, some other things that you may not have ever seen in the backstage areas and so forth. So that's always an idea as well. Or, Andy, you grab your audio guides to Walt Disney World, throw them on your iPod, spend some time wandering Main Street, Adventureland, and Fantasyland. There you go. Great idea and shameless plug all in a single sentence. You rock. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Andy, let us know. Uh, Let us know after you go next time solo what your trip was like. Anyway, moving on to Allie from Centerville, Virginia. She writes, hey, Lou and Becky. Becky again. My daughter and I are taking a special just the two of us. I almost broke out into song. Trip (laughs) to spend a few days in Florida with the grandparents. Since we're flying out of Orlando at the end of our trip, we'll be spending our last full day in Florida at Disney World in the Magic Kingdom. The next day is the day we fly out, but not until 4 p.m. I don't want to spend the money to buy tickets for a half day in the park, but I also don't want to leave for the airport until the very last minute. What do you suggest a mom and her five-year-old daughter do for a half day in Walt Disney World before heading to the airport? I don't know if Downtown Disney will keep her attention, so what else can we do without paying admission into one of the parks? Coincidentally, the day in question, the day we fly home, is her fifth birthday, and we will most likely be staying at one of the value resorts the night before for just that one night. Thanks for any and all suggestions. You're all awesome. Allie, Hmm. that's a great question, because... Many people are in the exact same bucket as you, not necessarily the grandparents and the five-year-old daughter, who, too bad it's this year, not last year, because you all could have, she could have gotten in for free, and that would have saved you uh, <laughs> one of the admissions. So, Becky, do you read this as, she, don't, she doesn't want to necessarily spend money doing anything, or just doesn't want to pay admission into one of the parks? It looks like she doesn't want to spend money to do anything, otherwise, I was kind of reading it that way. Plus, my other question is, if... Does she say she had a car or not? She doesn't say. Okay, because that, of course, kind of hampers it as well. And for me, thinking uh, until she said it, Downtown Disney was the first thing I thought of because, you know, the lunch at Rainforest Cafe and, of course, the visit to the Disney store and the Legoland Center. Uh, there are a lot of things to do in that area. Plus, you can take the water taxi ride if you were, you know, just trying to, to spend some time because if you figure checkouts at 11 and if her flight is at four, but I'm not sure if she's leaving or if the flight, but you still have, you know, about two or three hours that you're, that you're trying to kill. Um, I, that was the first place in my brain that I went. And of course, she's a five-year-old. So it, with an older child, well, you tell me because you've got kids around this age. Um, with the older kids, I would also think about things like mini golf, which while it does cost a little bit of money, it's not as much as a park ticket. True. And I was trying to think about that as well because my mind started racing. I'm like, okay, it's her birthday. So, yeah. you know, a tea party or something like that. It may be too late in the afternoon. Um, I, I said, well, maybe kick off the morning with a surprise character breakfast somewhere. Maybe go to, to Chef Mickey's or if she's a Lilo and Stitch fan, go over to the Polynesian. Maybe right. wander around the resorts a little bit, take her shopping, buy something special, uh, a, a souvenir that she can take home from her fifth birthday. 
But believe it or not, Allie, I'm going back to the suggestion that you discounted, which is Downtown Disney, because I do think that will definitely hold the attention of a five-year-old. Now, you're staying at Pop, so I won't necessarily, if you don't have a car, I'm not going to say, well, go to breakfast at the Cape May Cafe for a character meal and then come back. But you can spend a nice part of the day there. Go have Mm -hmm. breakfast, check out. You've got Once Upon a Toy. You've got the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. If you really feel like making her up for the plane ride home, <laughs> there's some rides. There's the little carousel that's there. Uh, there's watercraft. Take her out on one of the water mice or do something like that. You can go, if you don't want to go to downtown Disney, go to some of the resorts. Do a little resort tour. Go to Wilderness Lodge. Take maybe a little resort tour over at Wilderness Lodge. Go check out the Savannah over at Animal Kingdom. Um you could just eat all day, just take her from breakfast to lunch and and, uh, and spend your day like that. But I think that you could. I think that Downtown Disney actually could afford her time. And again, maybe take her. Take the money you would have spent on the character meal or on the admission and go to Once Upon a Toy or go somewhere and get her some sort of a special souvenir while you're down there. Have her have lunch maybe at Rainforest Cafe or T-Rex, something fun like that. Make a, a nice memory for that last day for the two of you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that, that the downtown Disney area is, is you know, full of a lot of different opportunities that sometimes are, are missed. Now, if she was 15 or 25, I'd say mother-daughter day at the spa. There you go. So you know something to do for her you know, uh, the next decade or two. There you go. Brett Ward sends in the next email, and he says, Lou, back in the 1980s, I remember the Magic Kingdom had a few arcades. I remember one being at the exit of Space Mountain, the other... Being on Main Street, USA. Really? Yes. Oh, don't even tell me you don't remember the Penny Arcade. Oh, I, I, for- oh, I forget it. I- Just, I'm going to mute you here. The one on Main Street <laughs> had some amazing antique cartoon viewers and mechanical games. Do you know what happened to these when the arcade was shut down? Being the master of Disney trivia, I'm, I'm laughing because you wrote it, not me. I thought you might know. Thanks, Brett Ward. Brett, I am not the master, but I actually do know the answer to this question. Becky, quick education for you. The Penny Arcade opened with the rest of the park, October 71. It stayed open until March of 95 when it was closed. Now, it's on the wet, it was on the west side of Main Street. And when the Emporium expanded around that time, it was unfortunately one of its victims, much like the House of Magic. Two of my favorites gone in one fell swoop. However, Brett, you can still find... Some of the old cartoon viewers and little mutoscopes, things like that, uh, in two places. The first is still on Main Street, and it's on the second floor inside of the Walt Disney World Railroad Station. You'll still find, and you can still put in a penny, and those machines still work. The others, and Becky, you should know this, being a fan Uh of the Boardwalk Inn, because if you go on the walkway from the lobby to the inside of the boardwalk by the heading towards the Bellevue room, the restrooms are there, you'll find a couple of those in that breezeway. And again, those still work as well. That's where those came from. That is where they came from. I learned something today. And okay. have, you, have you ever taken a penny and put it in there and, and watched we you know what these are these are the hand crank little cartoons from right. you know the early part of the of the century. I, I have seen them. I've walked right past them on the way to my office, a.k.a. Bell Reeve Room, for a green drink. Yeah. Hidden treasure. You've walked right by all the night consuming alcohol. Anyway, I... <laughs> says a lot. Says a lot. Anyway, Brett, go check them out. Let me know what you think. Nice uh, to, to bring back that memory for us. Anyway, Rod sends in the next question. He says, Lou, 
We're planning to go to Walt Disney World in September, but now we have concerns that Fantasyland will be torn apart. Our youngest is really into princesses, boy is she in for a treat, and Fantasyland is our favorite place. Do you know when the refurb in Fantasyland will start? Thank you, Rod. Rod, I got good news and I got bad news. Bad news always comes first. The refurb in Fantasyland has already started. The good news is that you can't see it uh, because two things are happening. Number one, much of the expansion of Fantasyland is going to start and certainly take place backstage. And if you've ever looked at an overhead map, and I should link this up in this week's show notes of of Walt Disney World, specifically the Magic Kingdom, you will see how much space there is behind Ariel's Grotto and what's now Pooh's Playful Spot between there and the service road, the access road back there. You can see where they're going to put in all of these new attractions and meet and greets and so excited restaurants and your daughter is going to love what they're doing with the princesses. The other part is going to start taking place very, very, very soon, which is why I've been doing sort of a, uh, a virtual tour on the show of Toontown, because Toontown, as you know, is going to go away. And what may happen, if it hasn't happened already, is that Toontown at one point will be closed, and they will start tearing down Toontown to make way for the expansion that's going to take place there. Everything is going to be kind of go away. Goofy's Barnstormer are going to be repurposed probably into a new coaster, Everything else, for the most part, is going to go. Uh, the train station will stay, but obviously be rethemed towards the the Fantasyland um, sort of princess castle cottage theme. You know, I keep hearing rumors about Toontown and the closing down, and while it's sad, I am so excited for what they've got coming. Um, the t- the timeline I keep hearing is fall, but of course. With these types of expansions and changes, it, all the dates are fluid. But the other one I'm hearing about, too, not to be a downer, maybe you can confirm or deny this, but the railroad might be closing for a while as well to kind of repurpose some tracks. Is that right? Well, what's probably going to happen is the same thing that happened when expansion took place in Frontierland, because there used to be a, a different train station there before Splash Mountain was built. That train station was actually torn down, and the railroad still ran but it ran backwards. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. For a time, the railroad would actually run in a reverse direction. It would go forward and it would reverse because it certainly couldn't make its way completely around the entire perimeter of the Magic Kingdom. What I would suspect is going to happen is maybe the same thing. Uh, I can't imagine them closing the train station for what could be a very extended period of time. Um, I, I don't know. I'm certain that they'll try and maybe wall off things, make the changes to the train station, get that up and running as soon as possible, even if there's still construction going on behind walls. But uh, yeah, the the track layout very well might change. Wow. I'm very excited to see. Obviously, it's going to be kind of painful between now and then as as we watch it morph into what it's going to become. But man, it's going to be neat. Let me ask you this. Have you ever even stepped foot in Toontown? Yes. Of course I have. That's some of the best places to get candy for the Halloween party. You see, I knew, I knew there was, you've never actually sat and, and walked through and interacted with all the cool stuff in Minnie's Country House, have you? No, maybe not all. You have no idea who Red Barnes is, do you? I've been back there. Cornelius Coot. <laughs> what you can do in Donald's boat. You can. The details in the garage. <laughs> the gardens. The 
forget it. Forget Don't it. Don't we have another question? <laughs> Talking to the wall over here. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Rod, if you can get down. Unfortunately, I think by the time September comes, Toontown may be a thing of the past. Um, but um, what she's going to get when Fantasyland reopens is going to be something special. Anyway, moving on. Much to the delight of Becky, to Tim <laughs> Bolton's question. And he says, Lou, do they ever plan on adding to World Showcase? I've been going to Epcot since the first year it opened and have always hoped this would be a continuous project. Simple question. Simple well, answer, Rod. Uh, Tim, so have we all. Um, and that was the intention at the very beginning. And do they ever plan on adding to World Showcase? Um, wait, I'm going to give wait. you the lawyer answer. Uh-oh. It's been rumored for years that expansion was going to take place. Um, going back to when it first opened, they had told you about the expansion that was going to take place. They told you and showed you where Equatorial Africa was going to be. They had signs saying that Spain and Israel were on the way. Those signs were on the promenade. We heard rumors about an, a Persian pavilion and a Russian pavilion and so many more. Whether they're going to happen, I'm giving you the, eh, I don't know. Look, is there room for it to happen? Absolutely. Let's be fair to them for a moment, though, because they did, in fact, add the tequila bar. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry. My head is in my hand. You know, the last two questions all you've talked about is the Bellevue room and the tequila bar. You don't bring up things like the other parts of the expansion to World Showcase, the new restaurants, the new Kim Possible experience. Hold on. I was going to go right to the whole, we do have another Italian restaurant somewhat coming into Italy. So there's a little bit of an ad. It's just the tequila bar was like first and foremost in in my brain. My apologies. (laughs) Tim, uh, you know, you look, you see where Becky's, I know what you're looking for, Tim. You're looking for the Egypt pavilion to open up and that giant pyramid, or you're looking for a Greece pavilion, an Indian pavilion. Um, I want to see Australia. A lot of people want to see Australia. Yeah, I think that that just has a lot of opportunity and potential to it. Something Mm -hmm. from South America. I mean, there's huge, huge opportunities. Tim, the problem is the same problem we all have, time and money. For this case, probably money more so than time. Um, You can need things like corporate sponsorships and things like that. But there is room. And when there's room, there's always hope. And uh, I will hold out hope, much like I think you and many of the other listeners will, that World Showcase will be expanded upon. And believe me, there were plans at one point to really expand back behind France and really go back that way for an Australian thing. But again, separate conversation for a separate segment on the show. But with that, Becky, before this totally degrades into a discussion of you and the you know, local taverns at Walt Disney World. I am going to thank you for uh, for for taking up the challenge and helping me answer so many of these great questions. Again, if you guys have more questions that you want answered on the show, email me at lou at wdwradio.com for all, all, any and all of your vacation planning needs. Visit Becky and her wonderful team over at mousefantravel.com. Thank you for having me back. And yes, if you can dream it, we can book it. And I'm sure that we need a research project to, I don't know, see what the new drink menu is in Bellevue Room, maybe. 
That Crew will cup? not be a video segment, just so you know. <laughs> Crew Cup? That will you know, not be. Martha's Vineyard? Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Let's go. What was your what was your tagline, by the way? <laughs> if if you can dream it, we can book it. Yeah. I threw that one in there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thanks, Becky. Anytime. If you can dream it, then you can do it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you can dream it, Becky can book it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Have you ever wanted to meet a Disney princess? Or maybe take a voyage under the sea? And me, I... And Mouse Fan Travel can get you there from anywhere in the world. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in. Forgive the somewhat abbreviated show this week. I had to produce the show early in anticipation of the 24-hour live show this weekend, May 22nd and 23rd. Thanks also go to Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider. I appreciate her coming on, helping to answer some of your listener emails. If you have an email that you want me to answer on the show, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the toll-free voicemail line at 888-703-2171 to discuss the show, comment on it, comment on the blog, photos, new videos posted on the site. Head on over to wdwradio.com. There you'll also find our fun, friendly, very welcoming forums, You can sign up for our free email newsletter. You can also download the free WDW Radio iPhone, iPad app. All these links right on the homepage. Again, WDWRadio.com. Stay tuned for more information about the next Meet of the Month, which is going to be on June 12th, uh, Expedition Everest weekend in Walt Disney World. I'll have the exact location and time coming very, very soon. Don't forget about upcoming other events that you can find out more about by going to meetofthemonth.com. They include the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet on August 14th in Lidwood, Washington, Destination D, September 24th and 25th, and Congalouche, October 8th through the 12th. That's an entire weekend with Jim Corcus, the cast of the Adventures Club, my tour of the Jungle Cruise, and so, so much more. Information about that can be found at congalouche.org. And, of course, don't forget about the WDW Radio Cruise aboard the Disney Dream, February 27th, 2011. Again, all this information can be found right on the site. Don't forget you still have one week to participate in last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. It was a game of threes where I asked you to identify the third in a trio of things from Walt Disney World. Get your entries in by 11.59 p.m. on Saturday May 29th for a chance to win some prizes and you could always email me your name and your phone number anytime for a chance to be called randomly 
to play listener fact or fiction as well. In addition to contacting me via email, you know I love hearing from you and interacting with you. So you can come over, join the WDW Radio page over on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash WDW Radio. Follow my instant updates on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Lumangelo. I post throughout the day, play games, lots, lots more. Again, all of those are completely free. Don't forget to come on by to celebrationspress.com where you can subscribe to, order back issues, or contribute your own thoughts, ideas, or even letters to the editor to Celebrations Magazine. Finally, I'm hoping to have a release date coming very soon to the next in my audio guide to Walt Disney World series. That will be Liberty Square. Remember, you can also get Main Street USA, Adventureland, Fantasyland, as well as signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books from the shop over at www.radio.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening or share the link to the site on Facebook. And please, if you can, rate and review the show and the app over in iTunes. And thank you once again for taking the time out of your week to tune in. Remember to always keep moving forward and pursue your passion and follow your dreams. And have a great, great week, everybody. Thanks again for listening. See ya. Uh, hi, Lou. This is Drew. Uh, my wife and I are here in Tomorrowland, and I saw something very interesting as I was going up to the PTA. And as we walked up to the escalator, I noticed uh, a, a woman, and she looked like she was talking to a contractor, and I... I caught my eye because I saw a set of blueprints out. They were standing in front of the, the PTA sign that's presented by Alamo and they were pointing at the Alamo sign and um, she had uh, a full color picture on a clipboard and I couldn't catch a glimpse of it. Um, but as we went up to the PTA, I noticed they got right behind us uh, a few people back and while we were on the PTA circling around, I actually had a view looking down upon her clipboard as they were going up the escalator and all that was on the clipboard was the logo for the blue line. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're planning on putting up more signage or, or what, but I don't know if you knew anything or if uh, it's nothing, but I just saw two people that didn't look like tourists. Uh, so hope something's there. Uh, also, uh, we got to ride the CTA the first time since they changed the narration and um, it's one of my favorite rides in Tomorrowland and I I don't I don't know if it was because most of the speakers weren't working but I really don't like it uh, I could barely hear the guy talking it seemed about one one in every eight or nine speakers above the, uh, the ceiling were actually working so uh, a good job on the show thanks for all you do and we're gonna go uh, test the burger at Take Us Bill wish you were here hey Lou Todd from Jersey again just finished listening to the last podcast, and uh, you and Chuck talking about Disney's Magical Express, and I thought I'd just share the extra little bit of magic that we dealt with on one of our uh, opportunities to use Disney's Magical Express. Uh, usually my wife and I are drivers. We drive from Jersey all the way down to Florida. Yes, and we do it in one day, which is kind of crazy, I know. However, um, on one occasion, we did a short, uh, a long weekend to visit a friend who was on the college program. 
And uh, we did one other occasion where we were on a choir trip with the high school that my wife teaches at. And uh, both times we used Disney's Magical Express. And uh, the one time, it was quite interesting. The driver took it an extra step. As soon as we pulled out, he made an announcement. He started playing the Mickey Mouse Club March over the, the speakers. And he started playing the bus like a musical instrument. And what do I mean? He was making the wipers go in time. He was letting the air brakes make sounds. He was hitting the horn. He was doing everything. My wife and I were loving it. And I think that, I believe it was the choir trip. And the, the kids were looking at us because we were just laughing and enjoying it like, uh, four-year-olds like everyone should be when you go to Disney World and it was a great time uh, it's on one side it's kind of unfortunate that we don't do it more often uh, Magical Express because we do drive however that's just the way we vacation um, just want to keep saying keep making the show we lo I love listening to it every time we get a chance um, we save a couple before we drive down we listen to it on our, our way down and it's just uh it's a great time. There's a little bit of magic here and there while we, uh, unfortunately, are stuck in Jersey away from the magic. But as of today, 82 days, and we'll be back in the magic. Hopefully we'll be able to meet you at a meet of the month or such. So, uh, again, keep making the podcast. Keep writing the books. Keep making everything. We'll keep listening. We'll keep reading. Thanks, Lou. Hi, Lou. Uh, Dave from uh, Newton, Iowa. Uh been going to Disney every year since 98. We take two grand, two of our nine grandchildren every year. We switch them off, rotate them out, and uh, they just love Disney. And uh, uh, one suggestion I had uh, for a show maybe or kind of something you could look into, uh, grandparents in Disney. Uh, uh, my tagline on my or for my email is uh, Papa Disney and uh I, I just don't hear a lot about uh, grandparents taking kids to Disney World, or even my wife and I. We go to Disney World as well, just just uh, with our by ourselves. We're in our fifties. We enjoy it. It's uh, like a wayback machine. We uh, we uh, just feel a lot younger when we're at Disney. Uh, so, just a thought for a show: uh, grandparents and Disney. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate uh, the show. Enjoy it. I do a lot of traveling, and I I download you and listen to you on the road. Thanks, and uh, have a good day. Bye. Hey, it's Sean from Atlanta. Hey, I just finished up your podcast with Tim Banana, Republican Foster, uh, about the top ten um, best quick-service food restaurants. And um, you actually like, left out one. I'm surprised you guys didn't mention that because um, – Sounded like Tim was all about sweets and everything, but uh, the bakery in the France Pavilion. Uh, I really like the creme brulee, uh, the strawberry tarts, um, this fresh chocolate mousse, strawberry mousse, and some of the amazing delicates of Paris. I love to grab one of those, maybe a glass of wine, and sit out and watch eliminations. Another one I really like, which you guys mentioned, was the Japanese uh, house and everything. Love the sushi there. It is amazing, by the way. And also, um, like I said, I picked up both of your books and everything. I'm reading like crazy and everything, learning fun facts and trivia about Walt Disney World, um, the resorts. I am coming. I am planning. I am in the process of booking 
my 2010 vacation in October for Food and Wine Festival. Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party to go down to see some old cast members I used to work with, some old friends, and just have a good old Disney vacation and everything. So I'd like to say um, hope to get to listen to your, your podcast on May 22nd and everything. Um, interact with you guys. Um, good luck and everything. I'm supportive of what you're doing for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Lou. Also, I think another cool top ten would probably be um, if you could do top ten attractions in like a theme park, such as the Hollywood Studios. Thanks for uh, doing whatever you do, Lou, and uh, you really helped me get through my Mondays, and I just want to say thank you. And to all your listeners out there, have a magical weekend, guys. Look forward to hearing the next podcast that's coming up around the bend. Thank you, and have a magical and wonderful Disney vacation. Hi, Lou. This is Eric uh, from up here in Michigan. I just wanted to say a great job with the podcast as always. I actually had the pleasure of meeting you a couple months back at one of your meets, and you very graciously gave me a WD radio uh, pin, which I wear with pride whenever I go to the parks. I just listened to the um, podcast with Jim Quirkus about the Muppet Show, and I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, What I would like to... uh, possibly request is more Jim Quirkus, more stories. I, like you, am a guy who loved the trivia about the parks and the stories behind the stories. Um, Perhaps one day, if possible, you could do a video podcast with Mr. Quirkus and actually um, so we can have a visual of uh, all the interesting uh, details that he points out. So uh, it's great stuff. Thank you for everything you do, and uh, I hope to see you at the parks uh, real soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, it's Tina from Ottawa calling again. Um, I just wanted to say thank you because I was on such a Disney high between going to the Disney Studios in California and then uh, meeting you with my family in uh, Disney World uh, a very short time after. I did, when we returned back to Ottawa, I was on a high for a bit, but I did come crashing down. But thanks to your podcast and thanks thanks to my wonderful Disney geek husband, he got me hooked up to uh, Twitter, so I get your tweets all the time now on my on my phone. And uh, I love, and I've I've tweeted you back that your inspirational quotes that you send out, um, almost on a daily basis, just they uh, lift me up. Sometimes they're the most perfect timing when I need it the most. And uh, so I just wanted to say thank you. And I just listened to, you're my, also my uh, walking pal, whether it's outside or inside on the treadmill. Um, I just listened to the podcast with Jim Corcus and uh, going to the restaurant at Pinocchio's. And I want to thank both of you, um, the restaurant Pinocchio's in Fantasyland, because I, I, I enjoy, I love that restaurant. And I, I, was so, I just love the talks you and Jim Corcus have. They are so entertaining. And I think he is up there with uh, one of my favorites, when I hear that he's on the podcast, it just makes my day. And uh, they're just amazing detail, the things that I've, I've overlooked going in there, and it just makes me want to go back <laughs> so bad to uh, see all the things that you talked about and go, oh, my goodness, that is an oven. <laughs> but anyways, um, I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're feeling better. Your podcast seemed to have a little bit more energy lately. I hope that's a good sign. Not that you were lacking energy, but... Um, your pep is peppier than ever now, so uh, 
I hope you're getting better and uh, looking after yourself because we do enjoy that uh, Disney uh, magic you send out to us all on a weekly basis. Thanks so much and have a great day. And uh, have have uh, I wish all the Disney magic upon you and uh, to uh, get through. But uh, with whatever you're going through, I hope you get better faster and that uh, it only allows you to have more energy to do more wonderful things, but don't burn yourself out because we love you too much. So have a good day, and uh, we'll, see, uh, yeah, we'll see you in about uh, less than 300 days now, and have talk to you soon. Bye now. See ya. <laughs> Bye.